Welcome to the Clickdown. I'm Anna Ruiz. And I'm Dan Fowler. And today we're going to get a little sassy and talk about sassy. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, sassy is Secure Access Service Edge. And it's basically the architectural framework for, you know, how to do enterprise networking and network security. So today we're going to, like Dan said, get sassy, do a deep dive into what sassy is and how Citrix can provide uh, secure and reliable access to all types of applications. So before we jump into SASE, let's do a, like we started the last podcast, let's start this with a, a tech update, you know, a little mini tech update. Um, one of the updates I have for you is on Citrix Managed Azure. So for anyone who's using the Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop service, you can simply let Citrix manage your Azure environment now. So it's basically one less thing an admin has to worry about. Awesome. And the tech update that I had is that Web Studio is now fully released for all CVAT service customers, and it basically provides full studio functionality. So make sure to try it out because it's definitely a better user experience than traditional studio. And then the last one I have is regarding app layering. So for those of you who are using app layering, it's now available on the Google Cloud Platform. So that means all your apps, your platform, your OS, and your user layers. You can create these, you can manage them, you can publish them all within Google Cloud. And this also includes, you know, for those of you who are using app layering, you might be familiar with the compositing engine. See, I got to make sure I call it compositing engine and not composting engine because they're <laughs> spelled very similar and they sound almost similar. But the compositing engine... Um, also works in Google Cloud. And this whole thing basically makes the whole process of stitching the different layers together much faster. Super cool. So Dan, are you ready to get sassy? Let's do it. So I know just as we're slowly starting to resume normal life, whatever normal means at this point today, there are certain things that I know just won't go back to the way that they were before. I know at least for me, talking with a lot of friends who used to be very much nine to five, worked at the office. It was very hard for them to work remotely. Now their um, companies have allowed them to at least part-time work remotely or, or give them more flexibility. But with that flexibility, that causes additional security considerations that IT administrators need to take into account. Yeah. And so it's not it's not all just on, you know, where the user's at. It's also about the type of applications we're looking at. You know, whether you're talking about enterprise apps, web apps, SaaS apps, you got to think about where these applications are physically located. And a lot of these are now being located, you know, in the cloud outside of the confines of the data center. And that's, that's usually what the admins have control over. Anything that's inside the data center, they have more control over who can access what than when you have a resource or an application hosted somewhere else, out in the cloud somewhere. Yeah, for sure. So when you add employees working remotely, when you add the increase of SaaS applications and web applications, and then on top of it, the threats, I feel like, are becoming more and more complex, more sophisticated, harder to catch. And so I feel like admins are need to be constantly asking, what else can they be doing to secure their environment? What else can they do to enable their users to be productive, but at the same time, make sure that their intellectual property is secure? Yeah, and this is, this is where SASE comes in. So 
any of you that have had any dealings or interactions with network and security topics, you know it's it's always a new acronym. And that's what SASE is. It's this whole architectural framework that provides this security mentality of focusing on how do you secure all these different types of applications, regardless of where they're actually located. Yeah, for sure. And for that, I'm very excited to invite Eric Byers, one of our principal architects, uh, security gurus. He wears many hats here at Citrix. He is one of our SASE experts to join us on the ClickDown. So welcome, Eric. Yeah, thanks for having me. So could you just give us a little bit of background? Like what do you do at Citrix? What's your day-to-day job and how did you get involved with SASE? Uh, I'm a principal security architect on our global architecture and strategy team. So I focus on helping customers with security and, and risk mitigation. So Anne and I are not, you know, the, the security experts, but I guess the, the first question I have is, is how closer were we on explaining at a high level what SASE was? Like if you had to explain it, how, how would you, how would you talk about it? It's pretty much bang on. To be honest, I, I I think you missed a couple opportunities of a couple good puns, but other than that, you know, SASE <laughs> is, is that it really is that framework that represents the convergence of modern network and security, but with cloud delivery, and it's about providing that consistent access and safety to everybody. You know, it really brings together that centralized administration and monitoring, allowing the but still allowing the users that freedom to work wherever they need to, uh, and, and still being able to apply the controls, the security controls where they where they're most appropriate. It almost just seemed to like arrive out of nowhere. You know, this term has come out, you know, just exploded in the last few months. But really, the individual cloud and security capabilities have been growing over the last few years. And now we're at a point where a single vendor can provide all of the capabilities uh, that used to require several distinct products. And that, that using several distinct products came with its own integration challenges. So these this bundling of those capabilities as a cloud service and providing that holistic solution across many modern access scenarios is, is really what it's all about. So what are the actual components that make up SASE? So Gardner defined the term. Uh, nobody disputes that. And they had a list of mandatory and optional components. And really, they were trying to tell the story of providing these capabilities in a very feature-rich solution stack, one that is ready for like the cloud and the security, and, and really making the sum of the parts greater than the whole. Um, so just this is going to be an acronym soup. I apologize. And that's what security is these days, apparently. So ZTNA is the first acronym. So zero trust network access. And that's all about providing remote connectivity in a zero trust model to those resources. Secure Web Gateway or SWIG or SWG is about providing web filtering and control. It's really a modern web proxy capability. Uh, another one is CASB, C-A-S-B, or Cloud Access Security Broker. And it's about understanding cloud access, what your users are doing, and providing that fine-grained control uh, on those cloud services. Next acronym up is DLP, or Digital Data Loss Prevention. And it's really about alerting and blocking when sensitive information is being transferred. Uh, Anti-malware, uh, or AV, or I guess there's an acronym for that one as well. It's about de- denying the, the malicious software from getting into your network and re- wreaking havoc. Uh, IPS, intrusion prevention systems, blocking many low-level attacks and helping to mitigate those bot uh, attacks and and the various network-based attacks. SD-WAN, software-defined wide area network, uh, provides that network resiliency and that underlay uh, to to really give you a high-priority, high-performant network in in a very spread-out area. A new one recently is Firewall as a Service, or FWAAS, and that's really about you know providing that firewall as a cloud service. 
So there really isn't anything new here uh, in, in the regards of individual components. But what is new is the ability to provide all of these capabilities into a single pass architecture delivered as a cloud service. And, and really being able to receive this as a cloud subscription really eliminates that cha old challenge of having to go to several vendors and try to tie it all together. Um, so we have all of these capabilities in our Citrix cloud already, so we can bring them together and address all the mandatory and optional requirements that have been sort of outlined by, by Gartner. And I guess that I guess that's an important point. There is 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 when you talk about SASE, it's it's you're you're integrating all these different capabilities together into a single solution. If not, then you have to go. You're, you're going to end up having the ZTNA, SWG, CASBY, CSB, DLP, <laughs> AV, IPS, SDWAN, FWAAS. <laughs> you know you're off that soup. <laughs> but when you do SASE, it's everything. You have a single solution that does all this stuff for you. In the old world, we used to do this all on-prem, right? We used to do this uh, being able to tie a bunch of different appliances together. But now, as the components are not all in one place anymore, by spreading out those components, you're adding latency to everything. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really difficult to manage all these components. And, and now we've reached this sort of maturity level that we can actually deliver this as a cloud service from a single vendor. Just... Do you think that COVID accelerated you know, the, this trajectory that had been going on for years now to bring in this solution and for also for administrators to really have this as a top of mind. Yeah, it's definitely a need. There's definitely a need. I think the ZTNA or the Zero Trust Network Access and the, and the challenge that people had with their VPNs at scale, um, the, the challenge that people had when they had devices that left the walls that used to not leave the walls, people did some very unnatural things in the last year just to keep maintain business. And, you know, this is almost a Nirvana-like solution, you know, providing that, that capability, regardless of where the user is, any user, any device. In a SASE model, how do you get those users who are anywhere to go into this whole SASE protection model, you know, this whole SASE framework? There isn't one way. SASE doesn't necessarily define how the connection occurs. What is what is key to us is that we have to support many, many different methods. We have to support end users on laptops. We have to support multi-user operating systems. We have to support, you know, Apple and, and Chromebooks and, and all of these different, you know, device types. Um, so there isn't one, just one specific, you know, sort of connection method. But the key thing is, is often to provide those cloud services in a way that, that can easily be consumed. And some of these methods might be, you know, user goes to a website and they get access to something, or they install an agent on their computer just to simplify the overall process of just always, you know, being secure. You know, there's also the SD-WAN capability in which, you know, modern SD-WANs have the ability to send traffic to a sanitization service. Um, you mix it all together and it's about making sure that all the use cases are handled, but doing it in a way that really is ideal for the user and, and, and really provides a good user experience because security for years has, has forgotten about user experience. We, we make it painful and, and we, we do it in a way that we think everybody must do what we say. But users, if they're trying to get their work done, they will subvert security if it's in their way. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So we need to adopt, you know, user experience first methodologies around security and, and making sure users are safe and that they, you know, it's easy for them. I guess, Eric, for, for some of our listeners, if they haven't deployed any of this, right? Like they're just starting to think about the, this 
whole architectural framework. In your opinion, where's a good place to start? Because, you know, you went through a full list, which is a lot and can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So what's a good place to start thinking about Sassy? I would, in any journey, you got to figure out where you're, where you are. And (laughs) I should answer this question, you know, use this technology A, B, and C, but in reality, it's, it's different for everybody. The risks are different for different customers and and their, their crown jewels are different. And, um, you know, their, their challenges of compliance or, or security or networking are all in different places. So often you look at, you know, the risk and you figure out which, which is the biggest concern. And you often start addressing those first. You know, some of these services are, you know, are all provided as a, you know, often as a bundle or a capability set. Um, so you often look at these 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 sets and, and you figure out, you know, which one, uh, you know, to deploy first. It's not it's not an obvious answer. When going to, like, you know, really what this does is it provides the ability to go to the cloud very easily. It provides that connectivity. It provides that safety net. So really trying to figure out where your biggest concerns are. Uh, is usually where I start, and I don't start thinking about solutioning until I understand where they are and where they want to go. Since since we're we're, we're talking about um, SASE, it, it's it only makes sense that you know, hey, I bet Citrix has a solution here for SASE. So uh, which 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 capabilities in the whole SASE model that we talked about, all those acronyms, which ones does Citrix you know be which ones can Citrix provide? All of them. All of them. It's it's amazing. We're, we we can actually provide all of the mandatory and optional compliant uh, requirements out of, out of SASE. No, that, that's awesome. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, right, one thing is meeting all of those components. And the other thing is if you start looking at multiple vendors and how are you piecing that together. So I think one of the benefits of Citrix is that by providing all of these solutions, you know, we're doing, we're the ones making sure that they can all fit together. We're taking mm-hmm. that away from the customer, which I think is, is very valuable. I know one of the, the components that you mentioned was SIA. Could you dive a little bit deeper into what SIA is? Sure. Yeah. So we, we have three specific solutions that fit together uh, to sort of form our, what we call our SASE stack. Uh, those are, you know, uh, SWA, SIA, and SD-WAN. So I can talk about each of them. But uh, Secure Internet Access is our cloud-delivered service that provides a stack of security capabilities like the Secure Web Gateway, Cloud Access Security Broker, that malware protection, sandboxing, intrusion prevention, and all of those things. I almost consider it an internet sanitization service, right? How do I monitor, protect, and provide safe internet to my users? How do I provide that consistent set of security controls for the entire big bad web like we're trying to solve for that. And at the same time, the, the location of the users and the resources have all moved and we require like significant flexibility and efficiencies in a new solution. So that's really what SIA is. It's a, it's a sanitization service. It, it allows you to go to the internet and not be able to download bad stuff and not go look at the bad parts of the internet. Protecting you from those links you're getting in your email every day that you've been told not to click on it, but you know you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like email and, and web are the two main ways of ransomware right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it is prevalent and it is easy to fall for it. Yeah, because a lot of time it's not the end user, right? The end user might not be malicious and you may have all the compliance training and security training that, you know, companies do every year. But I feel like these threats are getting more and more realistic and it's easy to fall for them, even if you are 
in, you know, in a technical role or, or looking out for that. Yeah, not only that, it's like in the last few years, we've essentially funded these ransomware companies and they're becoming more effective. They're taking the funding and becoming more professional. That is not a good mix right now. And the targeted attacks as well, like some of the spear phishing where they're actually deliberately spoofing an email that represents your company, that has your header, that the from address is from somebody at your company, and it looks like a very traditional email with no like misspellings and it's it's very easy to fall for them. You you mentioned uh you know with the different Citrix products you mentioned SWA the uh, secure workspace access. So in the whole alphabet soup that's sassy, where does secure workspace access fit in? It's it's a it's a key piece for sure. It's our zero trust network access solution. Um I see it almost as 30 years of Citrix innovation culminating into a great cloud capable product. You know, we took what we knew from CVAD, previously known as ZenApp. We took what we knew from Netscaler and ADC with authentication identity. We took what we learned from Gateway and we wrapped it up into a really, really nice consumable cloud service, right? You know, browsers are key for us. Browsers and being able to deploy a browser as you want, have the render where you want it, have the the data where you want it is really key. So secure work, SWA really provides that instant secure access to, to SaaS and web applications. It provides that single sign-on to, to all of your browser and cloud, you know, cloud access uh, that you need. And it also integrates directly into you know, the user analytics. Um, so it allows us to access internal and external applications without burdening the user with multiple access methods or authentications. Once they log in, whatever MFA you require, the users can get to access to all those web applications. So you know, in some ways we look at SWA as, as providing access to sanctioned applications, the applications the IT knows about. And SIA is the, everything else, right? How do I provide that safety blanket for everything else? I use SIA. How do I provide access to the apps I want my users to be using on a daily basis? I use SWA. No, that, that's awesome. And so from an end user perspective, you mentioned that, you know, we're, we're protecting them. So what do they see? Like, let's say I fall for a malicious email or a link, what am I going to run into as an end user? Like, what's my experience? Often it's, it's, it's an informational response in that you, you've been blocked from doing something. Uh, it might provide information as to what you were trying to do. It might say why it was blocked. In the case of, a, you know, malware, uh, we actively scan both the, the file-based and the streaming-based traffic. So, we're actually scanning for viruses, and we just let you know that we saw something that was very suspicious. Uh, we might also allow you to override that or to request an exception from IT saying, hey, I really do need access to this. Can IT look at this? And then IT can go and put that, uh, that, that malicious software or that potentially malicious software into a malware sandbox and detonate and see what happens. So, you know, it's very often we're trying to provide the user the feedback they require. If we keep our users in the dark about security and why we're not allowing them to do something, we'll just find another way to do it. How do you how do you uh, deal with end user privacy? You know, so with this whole sassy being able to, you know, you're, you're scanning the links and scanning, you know, what's happening on there. I'm assuming there's got to be privacy concerns, especially if the user happens to navigate to, you know, their their bank or or healthcare or something like that. How do you yeah. how do you maintain privacy? So there's sort of two levels of privacy. There's one is, which is, you know, what websites are they going to? And then the second level is what are they doing on that website? 
So for that first level, we can do log anonymization. We can we can disassociate the user from the activity if if we really want to. But really often more concerning is what's in that website. You know, do we want to be able to see their health records? Do we want to be able to um, see their insurance information? No. So we we have the ability to selectively you know set entire categories of websites as as not being decrypted for SSL, and then that sort of allows us to still know that they're going to that website, but not actually inspect the deeper traffic. In addition to that, we have the ability to to really it's a container based solution, so it really works really well. If I need the data to stay you know resident in Europe, I can just have containers in Europe that keep the data resident there. So sort of complying with the the local uh, privacy laws of each country. Now, that's awesome to hear. And I guess uh, the last big component, Eric, that we haven't really done a deep dive in is SD-WAN. So how does SD-WAN fit into this whole SASE architecture? So SD-WAN is a great connectivity method. It's capable of providing that reliable and performant network at the edge. You know, it SASE really requires that flexibility to put the security controls in the right place, be it in the cloud or at the edge while still allowing that centralized sort of management. So where SD-WAN fits in is it's about providing performance and connectivity without the user necessarily interacting. So we, we off, when we started off with the SD-WAN story, you know, several years ago, everybody was focused more on really, you know, replacing MPLS links and looking for that cost savings, but also providing highly available network links so that if the, one of the network fails, the, the voice connections don't fail uh, and it automatically fails over. So it provides that, that resiliency. You know, SD-WAN, you know, has the ability to send its, you know, outbound internet traffic up to our uh, secure internet access service to have everything sort of sanitized before it goes to the internet. You know, for me, I have the 110 unit at home. It was shipped to me. It was, you know, I just plugged it into the internet and every computer that I connect into it or any and else has Wi-Fi so I can just connect to it, you know, with my other devices, it automatic all those devices automatically have nice clean internet. And if my policies allow it, those devices allow me to, you know, connect back to my headquarters uh, as needed. Um, so it really simplifies that, that network connectivity. But I don't believe SD-WAN is just one solution, right? Like I said, it's, we've, we've done it very commonly, you know, between data centers, branch to data center, but now we're starting to see the home office become another data center or another branch. And, and almost that same level of importance and quality is required even at the home office uh, because we're all in our home offices right now. Yeah. And it's good. It's good that with that SD-WAN, the, the, the home appliance you were talking about that you'll be able to, you know, the admin can manage all these things centrally because, you know, we're not all, you know, network geniuses out there. You know, most of us, I think, can handle plugging it in, and that's about it. And that's so it all you need to, to do. Being able to centrally manage is good. <laughs> yeah, that that's very exciting. So now, Eric, we're going to shift gears real quick, and we're going to do a round of speed questions. What is your favorite Citrix product? I, I love ADC. I, I, I cannot ever get over it. Like, it is, I just keep learning more about the ADC. And, and what it can do. And specifically with going to cloud, there's a lot of challenges with connectivity and, and authentication. So ADC has always had a really, really strong, it's never let me down. It's always had a strong place in my heart. All right, the next question is, I know that a lot of people have bad memories of 2020, but what was the best thing that happened last year for you? I upgraded my home office. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. I finally finished my home lab um geeking out a little bit also camping camping has been great 
I, I cannot get over how much camping I've done. And it's just, it's been the one thing that I look forward to, just getting out of the city and, and, and getting into the woods. So what is uh, the funnest memory that you have in your decade here at Citrix? <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's the people and getting like what I miss the most is 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 getting together at conferences and geeking out in the hallway, and like we work so hard on on this stuff, and I'm always trying to learn and and just getting together with with everybody at Citrix at the conferences and and getting in front of customers. Um, to be honest, that's the biggest thing I miss is just getting out. Um, you know, I don't mind losing a little bit of the travel. You know, I like being home a little bit more, but uh, definitely it's the conferences and, and getting together. So things like this, I just really enjoy. Um, and then the last uh, question for speed rounds is, if you had to pick a favorite host of the Clickdown, who would it be? <laughs> Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> Alrighty, well, Eric, we want to thank you for your time um, to enlighten us on what Sassy is. Give us, you know, more perspective of why it's important and how uh, Citrix plays in that space. So we really appreciate your time and and being here on the Clickdown. Yeah, thanks for having me, and, and definitely look out for more Tech Zone articles on the topic. We we have a lot uh, about to release, so it should be good to read. So thank you so much for joining the Clickdown, and we'll provide, like always, links on. Uh, different things to learn more about Sassy.